0: This morning's Sunday school lesson will concern giving thanks. Um, And as I was putting this lesson together, I couldn't help but think about how it is in the Word of God, we we have to be told to give thanks. We have to be told as the people of God to be thankful. Why is that? It's because it is so easy to take things for granted, to just fall into this trap where things are the way they are and we complain about things when they cease being as good as they are but we don't really stop to give thanks for what we have and for the way things are um it's just human nature it, it's it's an amazing thing um when i one of the best examples i could give of this is when i was when i got out of prison um Here, I've been in prison for 10 years. And in there, I mean, we were so happy. When we got transported once in a while, they would swing us into a McDonald's and we would go through the drive-thru. And I mean, that was awesome. And we would call it real food, believe it or not. This is so good to get some real food. Because I'm telling you, the the food in prison, institutional food, is just, it's no good. And so we would often talk about what's the first thing you're going to eat when you get out? What are you going to want? And I remember once I got to the halfway house, My parents went down, and they went to Carl's Jr., and they got me one of those great big Baconator-type hamburgers. It was, you know, one of those. It was so greasy to me. Now now that I've been out, I don't notice it if I eat one of those, but to me, it was so greasy, the bacon and the hamburger and just all this stuff. I was thinking, this is going to make me sick, but it was so good. And now, I look at that as just pure trash, and I need to stay away from it. And, uh, but anyway, as I, there were simple things, though, that were more important. Like, I had to ride my bike everywhere. I couldn't drive a car. I had to ride my bike everywhere. And I would ride my bike to work. I'd get up at 5, 5.30 in the morning. I would ride my bike about, I don't know, it's like 15 miles to work. And then after I got off work there, I would drive about 20 miles to work after I got off work to another job. I would get off work at that job about 10 o'clock at night and then ride my bike back down to the halfway house. And I was so happy to do it because I'm out in the fresh air, I'm, I'm free, and, um, even though I had to be back somewhere at night. But I was free. And I remember one morning I don't know why it stood out to me, but I was driving down one of the side, riding down one of the side streets in Fort Collins, and I passed it, there's this giant blue spruce in the front, in the front yard of a house. And I was just so impressed and I felt so blessed to be able to be out where I can enjoy and see something simple like that. I used to dream about, I would watch golf in one of the prisons I was in for three years. It didn't have grass anywhere. If there was a weed, they would pull it. It was just dirt and rock. And, uh, um, And I used to dream about, I would watch golf like the Masters and stuff like that. And just dream about being able to just lay in grass and the smell of grass. And then, but here's what's funny is, and I've talked to other people who have been in that same situation, is after you get out, it gets to where you don't even notice the grass. You don't even notice that blue spruce in the front yard. You only notice the grand things. And everything, in order for you to have a sense of appreciation, there has to be this scale of, it has to be bigger and better, and um, the weather needs to be super spectacular for us to notice it like yesterday was. And so forth. And so we're just sorry creatures of um, taking things for granted and not being thankful for what we have. And we should be thankful in everything. And so if you look at your, your lesson plan there, um, I have everything that we're going to discuss here in, in our notes. But in First Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you i'll just say it now i'm going to close with this if i end up having enough time to get there a lot of people want to know what the will of god is for their life there are things maybe not the big picture where you could say this is the will of god this is my purpose in life they want it to be this one thing but you know there's a lot of things in the word of god that if you were to put all these little pieces together this is the will of god for you And this is one of those where it says, this is the will of God. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? Well, for one, you can be thankful. It's the will of God for you. And this is what he expects. This is what he wants is for us to, in everything, give thanks. Now, what we're talking about to begin with is not being thankful, but the actual act. Of giving thanks. In the passage he doesn't say be thankful for everything. There is a passage that says that. But in this particular passage it says give thanks. And so the act of giving thanks. Let's consider that. The actual concept of saying thank you. Is something that has to be taught. To human beings. Early on. From the very first. Kids just like kids naturally want to say no. Because they have a will. They just naturally, you have to tell your little kid, don't tell me no. There's an authority thing going on here. And and they just, no. They don't want to do it. Likewise, kids don't just naturally, when you give them breakfast, when you give them a gift, they don't naturally just always, it's their nature to say, well, thank you. That was kind of you. No. They just take it and they run and they just go do what they're going to do. And, and you have to say, hey, now, no, say thank you. Now say thank you. And, oh, and you have to teach them how to say please. You have to tell them how to say thanks. These are things that we have to be taught. It's a sad reality of our human nature. We have to be taught to do these things. When is saying thank you expected? When one receives a gift from another or a service from Another. But consider this, what is the difference between having an employee show up and do his task every day to a friend coming to help you move? When you go to work, especially at the bigger, bigger places, you know, you go to work at Walmart, the manager doesn't thank you for showing up that day. At the end of the shift, well, I really thank you for coming and helping us today. That's ridiculous. You do it because it's your job, right? It's expected for you to come and put in that time. But in fact, you could thank the employee all you want, but if you do not pay him, he will take you to court. There's a, there's a deal going on here. But if your friend comes to help you move, he's working, right? He comes in, he sweats, he, he helps you move. um. If you offered him money for helping you move, most often the friend will turn it down. He's like, no, 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 man. You don't have to pay me. I didn't do this for money. I'm I'm here to help you. But if you did not say thank you, he would be offended. It's actually proper. So you don't have to give him money as a reward to show that you're grateful, but it is appropriate to say thank you. And so this thanks, giving of thanks is something that is, Usually, in return for having received a gift, and what I want to do in our lesson today, I see. I think sometimes, when we think about what it is that we have to be thankful for in life, we begin with the carnal things: my health, my job, my house. I have a lot to be thankful for. I have a good family. Um, we sit here and we try to think about what it is that we have to be thankful for. Do you know everything is a gift from God? everything and I want to he says in everything give thanks and if we consider that everything is a gift I just want to go through in our lesson here today and consider what is a gift from God God wants to receive the praise from his people and he expects to receive all the glory James 1 17 going on down in our notes there every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I want to start with the greatest gift, the greatest thing for which we have to give thanks, is our Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 1, 3, we're just going to look at a lot of scripture here in our Sunday school lesson, and you can take this home with you and review it. If at times you find yourself having a hard time, um, go back through this list and remind yourself of the scripture and what it is that we've been given. But we start with Jesus Christ. Galatians 1.3 Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life with which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Ephesians 5, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. 1 Timothy 1, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself for all, To be testified in due time. So Jesus Christ, uh, God sent his son into the world to give himself for our sins. If we're saved this morning, now if you're not saved, then there is this element for people who are not yet a child of God. There is this element for which they cannot yet, I would say yet, be thankful because they don't have eternal life. They don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we go through these verses and you see all that the people of God have to be thankful for, you can begin to realize why it is that lost people in their their one-dimensional life, their their life that is horizontal. It's not heavenward at all. It's all all they do look at about to be grateful for if they are grateful is just the physical things. That's all they have. They only have one option. But think about us. If we start our day, if we start when we consider what we have to be thankful for, and we begin with the Lord Jesus Christ, and we begin with our salvation, and we go from there, by the time we get to the physical things that we might consider, we can be thankful for those things, but those really pale in comparison to what we have in Christ. Eternal life is a gift. The salvation itself is a gift. Romans 6.22, being now made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. When we consider the gift of God in eternal life, we understand mercy, we understand that We don't deserve it. God doesn't owe us. God gave us eternal life. He gave His only begotten Son. And so when you consider that, it's a gift. Eternal life is a gift that we don't deserve, but He has given it to us, and it's through Jesus Christ our Lord. Faith through which we are saved. I would just say pause right here. How many times, we're talking about taking things for granted, how many times do we, it's not even times, how much of our life is spent taking our eternal life for granted? Mm. It just, we know that we have it. It's an expectation that we have. And so um, we can joy in our eternal life, but how much do we actually give thanks? Mm. It's not about being thankful this morning, what we're looking at. It's, I mean, you have to be thankful to give proper thanks. But it's the actual thanking the Lord, praising the Lord for my salvation. And not just take it for granted. We We know we can trust in the Lord. We know that we're going to heaven. We know that all the things we can hope for. But give thanks for the gift of God, which was that eternal life. And then the very faith that we have, the faith through which we are saved and by which we should live, is a gift. Faith is given to us by God. Yeah. Ephesians 2 says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ. In the main message this morning, we're going to consider the kindness of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was here in dealing with people. That's one of the points. And then in this passage it says that in the ages to come, <clears throat> he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through the person of Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved. We know this verse, right? But I like that previous verse too. The kindness of God through Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. I mean, the whole point, eight is following up on seven. For by grace you save through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Both salvation is a gift, but faith also is a gift. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Remember how the apostles, I like to compare these two things. Remember how the apostles, they asked the Lord, teach us how to pray, right? Right? We need to be taught how to pray. We need to learn to pray. I think too many times um, when people are saved, we just kind of leave them on their own. We don't disciple them properly. And then we notice that they don't pray very much. We notice a lot of things about their life that we're like, they should be growing more than they are. Well, nobody's really teaching them anything. And it's not just this automatic thing, right? And so we we need to learn all these things. And so anyway, the apostles had said, teach us to pray. But do you notice, by contrast, they didn't say, teach us to have how to have more faith. Mm. Teach us how to conjure up more faith within ourselves. Now, actually, they said in Luke 17, it says, And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. That right there shows that they were reliant on Jesus Christ as the source of their faith. They asked Jesus, the person, think about this, they were asking the man, Jesus Christ, <laughs> to increase our faith and so he is the source of our faith and then the next thing that we have as we begin to go down through this you really begin to understand and see just this layer after layer of layer of the things for which we are to give thanks and these are all a gift they're all from God the Holy Ghost which with which with with which we are indwelt is a gift Acts chapter 2 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for their mission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. John 14, Jesus told the apostles, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. This is something that I believe, as Baptists, we, we really haven't studied enough, we don't really know enough about, and you can see it in the way that we live our lives, and the way that we worship, and the way that we interact with each other, is the understanding of the Holy Ghost, and Him dwelling within us, And how it impacts our our walk with Him. And how it impacts our relationship with one another. And how we should be relying on the Holy Spirit for communication to the lost. um, And so many different things. But this gift that I believe we take this way too much for granted. Because we don't even really know what it means. um, I won't get into it any more than that. But we take this for granted, and it's something that we need to be thankful for. You know, not all children of God down through history have been indwelt by the Holy Ghost like we are. Out of the history of mankind, it's only been since the day of Pentecost until now that when someone put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and they were born again, they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. That promise is to us. We have something to be especially thankful for. The relationship that we have. It's not that the saints in the Old Testament didn't have a close relationship with the Lord. But do consider even the difference in, in, of course, the Lord also gave us his church. But just the way in which we are able to serve God today in a corporate sense with each other compared to, say, Abraham. Now, Abraham had it wonderful god spoke with him directly but think about how much abraham walked alone i'm talking about concerning fellowship in a corporate sense was he surrounded by a bunch of god's people who we could edify? we is in the church edify one another we um uh he says to be full be not drunk with wine but be full of the spirit and uh um singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your hearts toward the Lord, doing all this together. And he talks about edifying one another. And the Holy Spirit is an integral part of, of all of this that we have that they didn't. They had their forms of worship, but it was different. We're a special people nowadays, and, and I don't think we're grateful enough to the Lord for that. And then, of course, they, this has also not always been the case. Concerning the scripture. In, um up until Moses, what did they have for a written word? And then, oh, uh, David, when he speaks about God's word and what it was to him, well, what did that entail? Well, it was only a small part of what we have today. And then throughout the Old Testament, uh, Samuel didn't have the luxury as we do of reading uh, the book of Isaiah. <laughs> And then the early church wasn't able to go to, you know, the Church of Jerusalem didn't have First Corinthians to go to to look for guidelines on how to, how to not fall into error and do all these things. We have the completed Word of God. We have so much more. So we have this salvation. We have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. We have the completed Word of God. And then, um, uh, well, I'll read this scripture. 2 Timothy 3 And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, remember, when he's writing to Timothy here, he's talking, all he has, all Timothy had was the Old Testament scriptures. Right. (laughs) He didn't have the first, the book of first and second Timothy. You know, he's in the process of actually writing it. And so when he's telling him all scripture is given, the scripture that Timothy had at that time was the Old Testament. But uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration to God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We can be thankful that we're not left to, God hasn't left us to try to figure out how to serve Him mm-hmm. on our own. Um, wisdom, just wisdom in and of itself, is given to us from God when we ask. James 1 says, If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God that giveth. So we're tying together all these things that are given from God. And giving thanks for things that are given. And wisdom. It says, God giveth to all men liberally. And upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. The earth itself upon which we live is a gift from God. Um, Psalm 115. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more in your children. You are blessed of the Lord which made the heaven and the earth. The heaven, even heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. I have a question uh, written down here. It's kind of off the topic, but is it a sin to pursue going to Mars and seeking to establish colonies in the heavens? I think it is. Man's intention of going out and living somewhere other than where God intended, I don't know. I don't think they'll ever be successful. But I don't think it's, necess- don't think it's right. God created the earth. Mm-hmm. And he says he created the heavens. And now all these people who are seeking to go establish colonies out in outer space and do all that stuff, oh, those people aren't driven by... The, the word of God has no place in their life whatsoever. And No place. And uh, But the word of God says that out of all the heavens, God, and out of everything, notice this, you are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. The heaven and the heavens, I think it's great that we discover. I think the Hubble telescope is awesome. I think all these things are wonderful. Uh, there's nothing wrong with NASA in, in doing exploration and, and all these things. It should be pointing us and showing us more about how Wonderful God is. Yeah. And when we see giant rocks like Mars and the planets out there and then galaxies that are beyond even ours, the heaven and the heavens and all that's out there, and the reality is, is it says, but God has given the earth to us. He gave the earth. He, he established that the earth is should be where man dwells. And is not planet earth the most special, the most spectacular out of all of them? Most of those are... Extremely cold or extremely windy or just miserable places that could not sustain human life. And God has this special planet that's a perfect distance from everything. And as we understand creation. Right. Um, and he's given it. It says he gave it to the children of men. And we can go back and look at the responsibility he gave Adam and so forth. All things were created by him and for him. Um, it, that's one of the things where the more they discover about some of the creatures that are in the deep, deep down in the ocean that man has never even seen. And then they just now discover it. And I think, man, I mean, man has been around for how long? And he just now discovered this creature that was created. And I'm reminded that God made that creature for himself. He didn't make it for us He's been sustaining all that life and all the things that we're still just learning about. Um, He did it for himself. And we just get to uh, explore and learn more and more and more about uh, God and about his creation and about how big God is. But, oh, he created all of this for himself, but the earth he gave to the children of man. Our children and our families are a gift from God. Yes, Amen. Psalm 127, though children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of the mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. He shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak within with the enemies in the gate. How many people just take their family for granted? How many people take, well, children is just a natural procreative thing. Animals do it. Everybody, I mean, it's just the way it is. They have no thought of God. But this says that children are a heritage of the Lord. The food that we eat is given from God. Psalm 136, Who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. He gives us the weather. Uh, he makes the sun, Matthew 5, he makes the son, his son. notice that, his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Acts chapter 14, uh, verse 15 says, uh, in saying, Sirs, why do ye these things? We also are men of like passions with you. Now, if I recall correctly, um, Paul and, I can't remember who it was that was with him, Um, but they, they, They had healed a person, if I remember right. They had done something spectacular, and I should have looked up the background of it more. But the men were wanting to, were thinking that they were deities come down and were among them. And he was saying, Why do you do these things? We are also just men of like passions with you, and preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities, basically their idolatries, unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein who in time past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, and that he did good, and gave us rain from heaven. Notice he's including these pagan Gentiles, along with himself being a Jew from Israel. God didn't just send rain on the land of Israel and bless them, but he says on us, uh, he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Notice he says, he left himself not without a witness. So man is without excuse. When, when lost men who've never heard of Jesus Christ still refuse, they just take everything for granted and they have no thought of God. They're without excuse because right. just the very fact of creation and how God provides things and and how everything is there's a testimony they should be they should have an inclination to thank God but they don't the natural man is ungrateful and just takes things for granted so whether or not men recognize it was God who sent rain and blessed their crops it was still God who sent the blessings Colossians 3 is a verse that says where it says be thankful and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be ye thankful that's a that's just a an attitude and a state of being that we should have is we should just be we should be thankful it used to crack me up when I was in prison and guys would come down come and sit down at the table and they might be Catholic or some religious background and they would cross themselves, or they would bow their head and pray. And they would pray over their food real quick. And, uh, and then they would open their eyes, and they would look at what was before them. And in using language that wasn't very appropriate, would say, what is this garbage? And I'm like, you just prayed over your food, right? They're going through the religious motion of giving thanks. But they're not thankful, they're ungrateful wretches and so oh that always struck me is 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 kind of ironic we want to make sure that we're not there there has to be this balance we want to make sure that we're not the kind of people who are just always given verbally just given thanks for everything but inside we're we're actually really not that thankful. We do it because it's a religious exercise. We do it because that's what we're supposed to do and so forth. And no, we need to be thankful. Psalm 92, let's read, this, let's read this passage. Psalm 92, 1. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings and upon psaltery. Now, this is where I can't help but notice that there are different ways to give thanks. There's ways that we can give thanks with, uh, in our prayer. We can give thanks when we're, we're giving thanks to God, when we give credit to God for what he has given us, when we're talking to someone else and we tell the Lord has been good, when we praise the Lord in that way. And then also in psalm, in song. And so he says here, it is a good thing to give thanks. And then he begins to talk about the music of it. Upon an instrument of ten strings, upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For though thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the work of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man notices the contrast what we've been talking about, about the lost people who aren't thankful, they're not spiritually minded. That's what he's speaking about here in verse 6. A brutish man, a base man, knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring is the grass, and when all workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed for forever. But thou, Lord, art most high evermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered but my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree; he shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Then still, then shall still no, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. To show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. So concluding back with where we started in First Thessalonians, here at the bottom of our notes. In First Thessalonians 5.18, the verse had said, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. As I already mentioned, many people struggle in knowing what the will of God is in their life. Here's just one small area in which you can know that you are in the will of God. You are doing the will of God when you give proper thanks to our wonderful Lord and Savior.